0: I do know that's coming out soon. Uh, the Xbox Series X and S uh, for uh, pretty good amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've probably already got yours uh, reserved if you wanted one, uh, and that Bethesda news kind of made it more of a thing. Yeah, that people would want. Which I love people subscribing to Game Pass now for Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hilarious thing. <laughs> it's like, hold on, people. If you want that, you're going to be waiting for a while. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you want like the stuff they're going to be adding, I think they said Doom Eternal is coming there in the next couple of months.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, sure. I think we're on record as saying we hope for great things, and it didn't meet that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I need to send that back to Gamefly. I literally played <laughs> at first it. stage was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't like this whole get just enough. Uh, ammo to kill something, and then need to go get the do the other stuff to get the health, and then need to get the ammo back and <laughs> get the health oh fuck that get the, ammo, <laughs> uh, the way you take out enemies it's like all right, this yeah. is too much fucking work
2: yeah, or the great thing for me was uh, uh let's let's end a really tense fight that you just managed to beat oh go yeah, ahead. and then how about we throw in three more of those enemies that you just only barely managed to beat one of...
1: Three! Yeah,
3: yeah three of them. Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's a dick move. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. or you get the notification like, oh, you can't, you need to get all the collectibles if you want. I'm like, fuck. I gotta mm-hmm. go back to the stage, see what I can find. and I give up. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Because I think if you want to go back for collectibles, you have to replay the stage from the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, not really any kind of, oh, just go back and clean up. Things, yeah. even if they want to just put fodder in, uh stuff in there, but uh yeah, for things that are coming out soonish uh the cool. xbox x and series s uh the uh they don't have a great amount of memory on them, which mm-hmm. is partially because the the gen four s s d stuff they're working on is pretty much <laughs> cutting edge as it can get right now.
3: tell them uh, about the price,
0: <laughs> yeah, so on xbox, they are doing this proprietary the like memory card expansion thing. Uh one terabyte. Uh and this was rumored before what the price was at two hundred mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
3: and nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents for
0: one terabyte. One terabyte.
4: They lost the fucking plot, y'all. But anyway. <laughs> that's some an fine. Fine. It's there. not really surprising
0: because this uh Gen four uh, NVMe uh, for one terabyte is actually right around this price.
4: No, no, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I'm just
0: saying, I'm not saying it in re- response to you, Lee. I'm just no. saying here for the sake of this, the story here.
4: Yeah, uh, no, I, I yeah, I it's get a reasonable
0: that. price. I which agree. I kept seeing people like, well, what about this? That's a hundred bucks. It's like, that's Gen 3, mm. it's literally not what the new consoles have in them.
3: Then maybe they should have built toward that spec
2: and they wouldn't have been able to do all the cool shit that where yeah. fixing to be able to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of the 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 conundrum here is like you want this actual evolution of uh, how you can do all these things with the SSD tech. Mm-hmm. But, I, uh, but I
3: really that. don't I would be perfectly happy playing PS four and Xbox One games for well, another two or three well, years. Well guess
4: what? We have consoles for, you for
3: this.
0: <laughs> well so
4: here here's one thing though that I will yeah. give them is that you can keep the current drives you're using for at least at least I understand this works with Xbox. I don't know if Sony's been clear about it, but I don't I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work that way. Yeah. Where you can just basically use extendable storage sort of like um, as cold storage basically, download because you can't run the games from you can run the previous gen stuff. Yeah. Like Xbox One. Anything that was, doesn't
0: have the upgrades for the anything that doesn't hard
4: need work. that new hard drive to run properly. But what you can do is if you know you got a big ass like you know, four, eight terabyte drive, whatever, yeah, you can download neat. all the games to that. And then just swap them into the internal memory, and they'll run that way, so you at least have you know so to speak cold storage
3: Now that's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Can they automate that in any way?
4: Uh, um, I don't
0: think
3: we've seen that yet like maybe have a swap file or something on the on the internal drive I mean that hmm, seems like yeah. something
2: that could be that could be pretty easily done if
4: uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah but that would be my solution anyway. Yeah. Well, one thing yeah. I'll point out, though, is we're very early in Gen 4 right now. Yeah. Uh, Intel is have not even just getting themselves on board with Gen 4, and they won't until Tiger Lake comes out in the next couple of years. Uh, so it's basically once the PC platform adopts Gen 4 widely, mm. you're going to see prices for Gen 4 SSDs come down a lot, yeah. as they did. And that's kind of where 3. Sony
0: strategy is probably a bit better on yeah. this. Because they're Smart. just letting you put in the NVMe drive.
2: Yeah, uh, they have a, assume
0: in some sort of slot.
2: Yeah, there's a little uh, slot on the back. Uh, you just pop open and stick in. You do have to push yeah, it in.
0: That'll be a little bit easier in the PS4 where you have to pull out a tray for that. Yeah. Side. Yeah. Uh yeah. So that wasn't hard.
3: It's still way, worth it. Yeah. yeah. But here, yeah, yeah, like,
0: with the the proprietary Seagate drive, uh, if it's anything like the Xbox 360 drives, uh, price is probably not going to drop too much.
2: Yeah, but um, I don't think Seagate is going to be the only ones that make these, though.
0: So. At least for now. That's for what they um, announced. So. Yeah. Hopefully they get more, so there's some actual like turnover in yeah. uh, product and yeah. uh, options. Uh, at least they didn't pick Samsung. Samsung's like the, the high end of the SSD. That's what he picked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is good for the internal. Uh, yeah. Uh when it comes to the external uh somebody said they're gonna have uh a list of stuff they've tested out to say, hey, these, these work well with this stuff. Mm-hmm. You could probably ignore it and be okay. Uh but it would probably affect things if it's not uh if you put one of the gen threes in.
3: Yeah, it's plausible deniability, so they digitizer. can't just
2: not allow you to put to use it.
0: Yeah. It might be they might have something that's like, Hey, you fucked up, you idiot. Yeah. Get this return and get a spend a little bit more money. Hmm. Umly
4: yeah, cunt at you and <laughs> yeah. tell you did it wrong.
0: But yeah, that's uh that's at least uh what Microsoft's whole thing is for now for storage. Yeah. Uh I'm
4: sorry, but if
2: you need more than a terabyte of space on the launch day of a console, you're probably doing it wrong.
3: Yeah. Well maybe but, that's that's part of the reason for the shitty launch lineup. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah. might very well be.
4: I don't know. Yeah, I mean yeah, I would argue against that, though, because especially if you're, you're the idea is you're going to jump in with Game Pass, see the new shit. Now, granted, you know, the the old games don't need the new hard drive, but if you can load something up and it fucking loads way fucking faster, yeah. you're going to do that. Like, yeah. I I could argue, especially since Microsoft has really nothing at launch, being able to play the old games, I can imagine There's a bunch really of no people...
3: Exclusives. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: I think yeah, I think a lot of people are going to fill that fucking hard drive up fast because it's it's a terabyte, but that's not workable, right? Or available. We don't that's, know the size of
2: games for this generation is going to yeah. be. I mean, they keep saying it's going to be smaller. We don't know that yeah.
0: yet. Like we've seen,
4: yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even believe suggest
2: that. Like, what is the
3: basis of that claim?
2: Well, after having starting to work with Unreal uh, and realizing that every time you want to put a texture on a particular object, you need a different copy of that texture. If it's going to be at all different. Uh, yeah, that that shit adds up really
0: fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, the Spider-Man remastered is like 50 gigs. Whereas the original was 75. It's like, that's a sizable, that's
2: a big savings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales is it's like supposed to be day about day the day. same for both.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So which kind of says how much you lose uh, in terms of like how much the, let me about the same is pretty good for the, the quality increase you're going to get on the next gen.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. That they were available to fit, uh, you know, 4k and retracing and all that stuff for about yeah. the same amount of space. So, yeah. Uh, just ho- as long as there's less of the Call of Duty, uh, hey, here's an 80 gig update oh, kind of yeah. shit oh. where just piss everybody off with their... I yeah. delete that on my PC and it's 130 gigs. Yeah. For that, and it's like, works. oh shit, this yeah. is what it's like to have an SSD with a lot of room on it now.
1: Because
0: mm. <laughs> uh, I... It's just like you had uh, had to shit for so long and just finally dropped it, and it's like, oh my God, this is what it's like to be, uh, have less weight. <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's going to be one of the interesting parts of seeing how people acclimate to their new consoles Yeah. Mm-hmm. see how quickly you can get to that. Cause like the, the PS4 and Xbox one kind of had a lot of space uh, for what we were used to, at least yeah. uh, for what those needed. Uh, that would be that was another matter updates. entirely. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. When you could either put in a new hard drive in the PS4 gets uh, external drives, that kind of stuff. But yeah, that was kind of well, a fun cool. thing to be like, how much can I actually fit in this? Space. Hmm. It's like it's a pretty decent amount. Then that game's got huge. Yeah. Mm hmm. So it's really go.
2: crazy. You could upgrade the internal drive on an Xbox One. I've seen that. Yeah. Game.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, how yeah. crazy?
2: It's- well, screwdriver and a guitar pick.
3: I've got those.
0: Mm hmm. I've seen that that, uh, I'm curious now. (laughs) I've seen that stand on the Xbox Series X, uh, is attached pretty well Mm -hmm. uh, to it. So people are like, oh, if I'm putting it on the side, it's going to look weird with a stand that's not even used for anything (laughs) attached to it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know how you're going to open that thing up, uh, easily.
1: No, it kind of looks like you would be able
0: to. Kind of a, un, unattach the uh, uh, the grate on top and it would like be able to peel off the case a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, know. They're gonna make the side hard. panels come off. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well,
2: there'll it, yeah. be da- day one ta- teardowns from like I fix it and all, all these folks. Yeah.
3: So I actually I just, think it looks better without the side panels. Mm. Yeah. That could
0: be f- a fun little mod to do. Mm. Um. But yeah, speaking of Blizzard like we were talking earlier, uh, we found out what Mike Morhaime is doing. Uh, He is uh, partnering with a bunch of his former Blizzard peers to create a a company called Dreamhaven that Mm. is going to, as they say, create and publish original games for players around the world. Uh, With that, they are establishing two studios under them called Moonshot Games and Secret Door. Yeah, Uh, Both of them led by uh, a bunch of uh, industry vets as well as blizzard vets that mm-hmm. games like wow starcraft 2 hearthstone all that kind of stuff so
5: uh, Basically,
2: this is the real blizzard now
5: yeah the new one yeah pretty much that's interesting yeah, yeah this is all yeah, the people th- that left blizzard that made up the og blizzard now yeah. going to form their own company so
4: hmm. it's keep it's an eye on really- these guys uh-huh. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see what they do because specifically, um, I I think Morheim was sort of the last person really keeping a lot of Blizzard's culture in place. Um, yeah. And the, you know, the minute that he was out, like if you actually load up the Blizzard launcher, um, it's not even like the Blizzard launcher anymore. Most half of it is Modern Warfare shit and Activision stuff.
1: Mm, that's um, any, fucked of up. Ad,
4: any of the ads that you get are that way. And, um, you know, just their Blizzard is obviously behaving very much like Activision does these days. So, um, yeah, I'm really curious to see what they do, because, you know, so much of what we see happen in a lot of these these companies comes from, uh, uh, at least in my opinion, is a military term called command climate, which basically means the person at the stop at the top sets the basis for behavior of everyone underneath them. So if you have uh-huh. a shit like Kodak, who all he gives a fuck about is money, then all of his managers are going to emulate that. And then that makes nickel and diming the customer, you know, much easier in terms of the corporate culture. It makes uh-huh. you hiring people, cutting people, you know, fucking up games, doing all that because of the end, the end result, the guy at the top only cares about money. That you train everyone below him, whether inadvertently or intentionally that, this is the expectation and this is the way that we're to behave. So, and you see that, you see that rot in places like EA and Activision. Um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, you guys have heard me really kind of have so much appreciation for Phil Spencer. Cause you see people acting accordingly because of him. You compare and contrast the way that they behaved for cross play compared to like Sony. Um, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's a very different thing. And that, that comes from that style, that, that command climate to it. So, um, and the best games that were that were you know Blizzard ever made were done under Mike Morheim and Rob Pardo, um, uh-huh. who, who are both gone and who are both apparently at this new place.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, you know, so I'm I'm real curious, you know, to see what what they're gonna do. And I'm, I doubt, since this this sounds like it's Blizzard 2.0, you know, we're not gonna see that shit for like six years. But
3: yeah. <laughs> you know, but on the plus yeah. side, the, the, these are, are not people who have trouble starting new IPs and making them work.
4: That's <laughs> the truth. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that's uh that's gonna be interesting to see what they what comes out of them, whether they're just gonna make the, the same kind of stuff they were at Blizzard, or if they go for mm-hmm. some new things. Yeah. But yeah. Uh speaking of uh new things, No Man's Sky has the big updates called Origins, mm-hmm. that they are calling three point
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: which is a thing that just adds so much variety to the game
5: yeah it's uh, almost like a pseudo sequel, yeah like it's the uh, the third no Man's
0: sky mm-hmm. um yeah expands the universe of no man's sky as they say here explores a stranger richer and more varied universe with deeper planetary diversity, dramatic new terrain hosts new creatures, including the sand worm that was in one of the early mm-hmm. teasers uh new weather conditions, colossal buildings and much more like there's uh yeah some of these uh having so played uh, no Man's Sky since launch. Uh, mm-hmm. Up to this update, you kind of saw a lot of the same uh, types of plants and mm-hmm. fauna uh, and creatures and all this kind of stuff. It was the same kind of parts they were using to make a lot of this stuff. So you kind of, after enough time, you saw generally what kinds of shapes you could make. What kind of weird, fucked up mm-hmm. creatures could be made.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and here, it's kind of adding things like volcanoes, uh, and like dead trees and uh, weird mushroom planets and all this kind of stuff, mm. that is just kind of really cool and uh, has me excited to kind of get back into the game uh, at some point where I get a, a little bit more time uh, for that. But yeah, like it's kind of wild. Mm. Well, I feel uh, like they've
2: they kind of added all of the like the important stuff that was missing. They seem to have added back in over time. Yeah, um, <laughs> this this update really feels like this is polished. This is, let's get the game as good as we can
3: make it.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And like, they've done a refresh of uh, interface stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that kind of stuff as well. Uh, that's, it's kind of the stuff that especially long time players will very much uh, enjoy mm. being able to be kind of surprised again
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: by a lot of this new stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's, I'm hopefully, uh looking forward to them kind of doing a next gen update for these games. Yeah. Uh, cuz that's maybe the one issue is that you're still kind of limited to what the the PS4 and uh Xbox 1 could do. Uh and lower yeah. end PC yeah. stuff some, uh, and,
2: some degree.
0: Yeah, and it it affects things like, you know, loading into areas that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh still feels a bit uh rickety like performance-wise and all that. And I would love to see them kind of do a thing where it's like, okay, it's now sixty frames per second all of the time.
1: Mm.
0: Oh. Uh, and you can fly around and go through the different levels of detail on the ground as you're doing that stuff uh, much more easily, and be able to see further, see longer uh, stuff in the distance versus just having to wait till it gets close enough to show up. That kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff on this. Mm. fucking uh, list of oh, cheese. I've been scrolling for a while. And I'm only halfway. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, It's like volcanoes, firestorms. Uh, mm. As you might know, like the, a lot of the planets have uh, extreme uh, weather to them or some sort of mm-hmm. elemental thing, like extreme cold heat, that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. Another what name the- for this game could have been "Hi, I'm nature. Fuck you. Yeah. But,
0: I mean, yeah, it's... immediately
3: want to kill you or are the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you're like, Oh shit! I have to find a cave because it's the only way that I can not burn to death, mm. uh, really fast, or hang out in your uh, ship.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, or that now because the recent updates, uh, you can get in your fucking mech, and just go <laughs> around. Yeah. Uh, and, and just do shit that way. And yeah, you know, they even got some cool uh, stuff to show you. Like, here's what the uh, the new stuff they're adding. It's just like small details of like added, uh, like little flowers and such in the in the grass that just flushes out
1: mm. the look of the uh-huh. world.
0: That is pretty cool. And well mm-hmm. done so yeah that's uh that's no Man's sky there's way too
5: much in this fucking update
0: yeah <laughs> people are ridiculous
2: and this is free content by the way
5: yeah yeah i gotta yeah, tell you the people the they've really kind of did a mea culpa on the game after its original release
2: mm. yeah one other thing i don't know if you've noticed but um every time they release a big update like this they always put the game on sale
5: yeah
0: Hint, hint. Yeah. People, <laughs> I see people are like, how can they keep working on this? Like, because they sell a lot of fucking copies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people buy them on the other platforms.
3: Yeah. They bring people around like nobody's business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now that you can play with, you know, a few of your friends, you know, people can do that. Jesus Christ, they added fucking insects. Fuck this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking giant insects that fly around. God damn it. Mm-hmm. I'm blowing those planets from orbit. <laughs> 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 Uh, fuck that. Okay, so, uh, this next one is uh, a Pat thing. He was talking on Let's Weekend that potentially like, Virtual Fighter Six maybe got announced or
3: something weird. Yeah, we didn't get any more information for it over the weekend, but um, as part of Sega's ongoing streaming over TGS week, um, over TGS weekend, they um, they just made a passing announcement that for the 60th anniversary of Sega, um. They were going to be um, reintroducing Virtua Fighter um, as an esports brand, and it makes a ton of sense because Virtua Fighter was one of the original esports, really. If you think mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. um, they didn't say anything more about it—whether it's Virtua Fighter Six or whether it's a a full franchise reboot or what. But um, it's in the works. It's Virtua Fighter, and. Um, I guess there's more information to come whenever they're ready to talk about it. But um, that was definitely one of the highlights of my week. And really, um, if you haven't watched Sega's stream at all, um, it was just really good the whole way through. So um, if you like Sega games, if you like Atlas games, um, just go into the stream archives of those and poke around because you're going to find something to like out of it. I'm positive. Yeah, and, and maybe uh, follow Yoshinori Ono on Twitter if you. have. Yeah, haven't. he was pretty quick with the uh, um celebratory response to um to that announcement. It makes me wonder if that's kind of where he landed because
0: yeah. hey, if he could do for Virtual Fighter what he did for Street Fighter,
3: oh man, hopefully. But he would have to be able to do it without compromising the gameplay mechanics, because I don't think yeah. um. I don't think Virtua Fighter players are as forgiving of sweeping changes as street fighter players have gotten used to over the years, you know? mm-hmm. so, yeah so um
0: but I would assume he is a big enough fan of Virtua Fighter to know what he can fuck with and what not to yeah.
3: hopefully and and or hopefully good. he's just on a tight enough leash that um that it doesn't matter
0: yeah, yeah, so who knows what the fuck is going on with this? Yeah. Uh-huh. A little bit of a looked like it could be like a next-gen thing.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, but also, I'm sure whatever it is will be next-gen. There's, uh-huh. Um Just by virtue of the development cycle. Um, yeah. This least, does not look like something that is very far along. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Whether it's like a new game, next-gen game, or something old kind of brought up to the next-gen consoles.
3: Who knows? Uh, I don't think it could be that, honestly. Uh-huh. Like a I remade version expect- of one of
0: those old games?
3: No, uh, well, um I as much as I love the first 3 Virtua Fighter games, I also think they're too um mechanically outdated to actually stick today. Mm-hmm. And then if you take Virtua Fighter 4 all the way up through 5 Final Showdown, all of those games represent kind of a, an ongoing singular thought. So there's no real reason to go back and revisit any of those um and if it was going to be Final Showdown, then they should have just fucking said, "Hey, we're uh, releasing Final Showdown on um, on next gen platforms with new features or what have you." This oh. is a new project altogether, and it's a Sega 60th anniversary thing too. So, okay, clearly okay. there's um, there's quite a bit going into this. Yeah. It just it just remains to be seen what that's going to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you're interested in Sega stuff they've put like all their shit on sale. Yes. Uh, E shop PS4, uh, steam, Xbox. I think everything should be able to find most of it out there. I can't get to it right
3: now. Would you be able to tell me if judgment is on sale for the PS4?
0: Uh, let me see real quick. Oh yeah. Searching judgment on Google. will do exactly what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, judgment game. Okay. That'd be a little bit faster. There we go. Uh, I think so.
3: Yep. What's the price?
0: $23.99,
3: oh fuck me. I'm off. gonna have to get that.
0: Looks oh. like they dropped the, the MSRP to forty bucks at some point, so
3: I think all the Yakuza
0: stuff is on sale as well. I think I saw somebody say you could get most, if not all, of the Yakuza stuff on PS4 for like sixty bucks.
3: Yeah. Well I guess you can add um I guess you can add motor raid to my now playing list then because I'm there. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking here, Yakuza Kwamis 10 bucks, Yakuza Zero's
3: oh. 8 bucks Get in on that if you have any, any that collection kind collection, of gaming at all. 30
5: bucks. Get Yakuza Zero in particular mm. uh, Yeah, that man, game that will probably fun. ruin it's one of the Kiwamis.
3: best in gaming It'll
5: yeah. mm-hmm. probably
0: ruin the the first two Kwamis. because it's made on a newer engine than those, yeah. more enhancements, whereas those are kind of the old games
3: mm. Mm-hmm uh, well, no. If you wanted to, if it ruined anything, it would be the first two Yakuza games. Yeah, that's because. Oh, I thought you meant the first two Kiwamis, because the the Kiwamis are fine now. Yeah, uh, I'm
0: saying like the improvements that Yakuza Zero brings to the formula kind right. don't reflect too much in Kiwami and Kiwami oh, Two. That's true,
3: so much. but I uh, I mean next to the original PS2 releases, yeah,
0: those, yeah, sure, <laughs> those are a weird whole thing.
3: Yeah, it wasn't uh, really until Yakuza 3 that the series started to take the form that um,
0: currently is. Yeah, yeah.
3: That we know today.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you get 0 and 6 for 8 bucks each. Kwame's 10, Kwame 2 is 10, and 30 bucks for the remastered collection. Oh. So you get all seven of those games for uh 20, 50, about 66 bucks.
3: That's a good About 70 deal. bucks with
0: tax and all that.
3: Mm
0: hmm. For like several hundred hours there. Yep. Yeah. Chasing around men in, in uh, diapers and shit like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, all the weird shit that's in those games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, that's, uh, that's what Sega is kind of doing, I guess. I don't know. Sonic's anniversary is coming up too, isn't it? Yep. They're kind of like, ah, we got merchandise. We're not talking games. So who knows what they're well, doing? They had a
3: pretty cool um, concert this morning on their live stream. Mm.
0: yeah, just keep the the weird Sonic people away from all that, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, let's get to the the actual part of the show that we were supposed to do, not what we've been doing for the last two hours here. <laughs> uh, end of the generations coming up, uh, the PS4 and Xbox one are kind of uh, receding to the uh, new consoles here in just over mm-hmm. a month, which is wild to say when not too long ago it seemed like it was too far away. Uh so what's been what's been good about this Jen, uh out there what do you guys have to say about that
3: I think that the um the signature feature being the broadcasting integration has been tremendous it might not be uh, remembered as prominently as it should be yeah. but um the fact that it has really enabled a a good chunk of the streaming population out there um, really can't be understated.
0: Yeah. And especially the, the sort of res- the, the surge of photo modes, in games allowing people to just kind of explore the worlds in a completely different way than they would be able to before. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that kind of stuff is pretty cool. Especially, it you know, was me being able to go into like playing fall guys and be like, Oh, yeah, I fucking want a game. All right, let me take uh see that video and cut up the, the interesting last part and post that. Like that kind of stuff is just awesome. Mm. Uh, the quick editing features you get on the consoles is uh, pretty well done.
3: And those are only going to get better. I, I can't wait oh, to see that. Oh, yeah.
5: yeah. Um, I would say probably, at least for me, is formerly niche products sort of, sort of actually like becoming. A big deal all of a sudden like things that like i think a uh, near automata for example is a really good example um yeah that whole sequence of games was very niche for the longest time and then out of nowhere this one game comes along and it's a huge like mainstream hit and you know it's it's it's, it's you know, it's just that for a lot of people who have been, you know, want, liking niche stuff for so long, finally getting kind of a sense of vindication afterwards. Yes.
0: Yeah. Monster Hunter finally hitting it big on consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, where now it's Capcom's most uh, best-selling game of all time.
5: Yeah, after what feels comes. like years and years of that thing barely cracking.
0: Yeah, you know, people are
5: like, can you make one that doesn't look
0: like what? Yeah. And they finally did it and everybody's like, alright, we can buy this now.
5: Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, up, uh, yeah. up to the up to Monster Hunter World, that game was basically that whole franchise was basically like a very Japan exclusive thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Being tied to handhelds mm-hmm. uh and engines that had just kind of received like small updates in terms of visuals and all that. Uh or if you weren't already, you know, knee-deep in that stuff, it was hard to kind of get into it.
5: Yeah. Also, uh, another good example would probably be Fire Emblem. Uh, yeah. Fire Emblem Three Houses basically is the biggest-selling Fire Emblem game of all time now. Um. Yeah. They went full the, anime on that. Yeah. And that's after, like, I mean, the game originally, the fir- the very first Fire Emblem game was on the last legs of the Famicom.
3: Oh, there yeah. were two games.
5: Yeah, well, that and Gaiden, Yeah,
3: yeah, the game that would go on to become Fire Emblem, uh, Echoes.
5: Yeah, um, and yeah, that because like up until awaken, you know, Awakening Fire Emblem Awakening, which was you know a 3DS game, uh, that was basically going to be like the series swan song if it didn't sell as well. Because even by that point, the series had kind of been on a downturn. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, the game becomes a huge hit. Um, and you know, after that was Fire Emblem Fates, which I mean, yeah, it, it had its issues. It was
3: divisive, but
5: yeah, it, it was divisive, but it, had
3: an it amazing concept behind it,
5: and it did a good p- part. It did a good deal of you know raising more awareness of the franchise and ex- expanding its audience. So then, Three Houses comes out, and it's like a massive seller. You know? Yeah, and plus because you know it's the Switch, and the great thing about the Switch is that it's both a console and a handheld. Yes, so you know it bridges the gap between those two.
3: Yeah, and there's no more identity of well, this game belongs on a console. This this game belongs on a handheld. That's yeah. all out the window.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nintendo can't try and charge you double for putting on both 3DS and Wii U. No, uh, this time around.
5: Also, uh, I think another good thing is. Uh, remakes uh people yeah. are going back and from old you know but because i mean let's let's be honest um a lot of those like old ps1 games some of them like visually just have not aged well like at all yeah i mean back then they looked like a big looked pretty amazing because just the idea of polygons moving in three-dimensional spaces yeah. were pretty amazing on its own
3: even though the um The graphics engine under the hood usually uh, mangled them.
5: Yeah. Um, 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 But now, you know, a lot of those old games like the Crash Trilogy and uh, you know, the Spyro, Spyro the Dragon Trilogy Reignited. uh, You know, we've also got other remakes in the world. A good one that recently came out, anyone who's never played it, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yep. Uh, They remade Xenoblade Chronicles, basically. Uh, They updated the graphic models, they touched up a bunch of the textures, redid a lot of the animation, did some re-recorded versions of some of the music, and they even added a epilogue section that is essentially an entirely new content. So, you know, Xenoblade was one of those games that sort of became a huge cult classic and but that very few people actually got to play and some people would credit with kind of single-handedly rebirthing the entire JRPG genre out of what seemed like uh, years of malaise. You
3: know, the action um, side of it, anyway.
5: Yeah, and uh, yeah. So it, you know, you can play that now. And then, of course, the other like really big example is Final Fantasy VII remake, which is not a turn-based RPG. It is an action RPG, but its battle system is so uniquely intuitive that it kind of bridges the gap between the two. And uh, also, it does some storytelling things that are really amazing. Um, Because Final Fantasy VII Remake isn't just a shot-for-shot remake of the original game. It kind of is also a deconstruction of the whole original storyline as well.
3: Which might be the thing that redeems it in my eyes. I still haven't bought it yet, because I I still kind of want some reassurance as we get closer to the next iteration. But... It sounds like um, the the direction they're going with it is actually something I can get on board with, even though um, the battle system alone would make it a hard no for me. Um, yeah,
5: this isn't like the the battle system in like Kingdom Hearts where you know there's a lot of button mashing involved. No, it's a lot more intuitive than that.
3: No, that's not the problem. I um,
5: you're just like, hardcore turn based. I know.
3: Well, that too, but the fact that it's not really trying to be a shot for shot remake and in fact could be evolving into a brand new um Timeline. concept uh surrounding the final fantasy VII cast mm-hmm. uh, pretty much absolves it of any any perceived obligation i would have for it to um, to represent the original gameplay yeah like, the it's, thing is if you've it's paid not attention. Trying to replace the original game this isn't it's not like this is from now on going to be the game we think of when we talk about Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, this is something else entirely. And so that, you know, that calmed me down a lot.
5: <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the elements of it, you know, story wise and visually are all still there. Well, yeah, because it has the same
3: starting point.
5: Yeah. Uh, the difference is that some things start to happen. About sort of the midway through it and suddenly it kind of puts a whole perspective on the snooze perspective on the story and sends it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, this is all before you end up leaving Midgard. So yep.
3: <laughs> And by the time you do leave, all bets are off.
5: Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's good shit for this generation. I'd also say probably the other good thing about this generation is uh probably game video games kind of grew up a little bit
1: yeah,
2: yeah. um people that played them apparently haven't
5: well yeah. a lot of them obviously not but the industry has matured a little bit more and is a little bit more sensitive to things that they you know previously were not Now, granted, there are some other issues that they should probably start paying attention to, and we'll get to those in a second. (laughs) But uh, as far as things like, uh, you know, the way women are portrayed and, uh, you know, certain ways storylines are written and things like that, just in general. Also, uh, another thing that's sort of become more is people are now paying more attention to, like, actual working conditions.
3: Yes. Yeah
5: in the industry, so that's another thing. Um, people are actually talking about forming a game designers' union. So
3: That can't you know, happen soon enough.
5: Yeah. So That's uh, the good stuff, as far as I you know, can.
3: I have one to add to the,
2: the good stuff yeah. this generation, and that's uh, uh, game development has become more accessible than it ever has. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. have a wealth of tools now. Uh, with the uh, unreal unity cry amazon lumberyard whatever your engine you want to use a lot of the times you can get a hold of it for free and build your game and uh uh you can get it on steam now uh better or worse uh, a lot of times that's worse yeah uh, but you know now you also have- you
5: gilson p pontus
2: uh-huh. <laughs> now we we also have a uh a path to the consoles which is a lot less restrictive than it used to be uh-huh. if you if you're a no-name developer but you show that you have uh, a lot of talent uh yeah you'll get on uh, xbox yeah you'll get on ps4 you know nintendo might could launch you on the switch you know uh yeah. and
3: do you know, back in the day the indies program is always recruiting yeah, yeah. So. And
5: uh, I mean, now you know. Think of like some of the most defining games of this generation are largely one-man projects. Hmm. You know, think yeah. like a like uh, you know, like Stardew Valley, for example.
3: Yeah, the problem I still run into is that I just can't code my way out of a wet paper bag.
5: Oh <laughs> well, join the club.
3: <laughs> not, not, that's not a talent that everybody has, but you know, it's.
2: Games aren't just about coding. There's, you know, the writing. There's art direction, yeah. music. Yeah.
5: So yeah, there's Stardew Valley. Uh, I'd say Undertale, but he, but Toby Fox did get some art help from at least one or two people. But I'll, I'll still put it. Uh, hell, the whole Five Nights at Freddy's franchise is literally just one dude. Yeah,
3: I yeah. forget. Um, that.
5: And it like and it's still going too. There's like a I'm new exquisitely game.
3: Exquisitely talented dude, but one dude. Yeah.
5: Mm. Um and uh crap, I cannot remember. I always forget the title, even though I've played this game and loved it. Yes, that's Axiom a- Verge. That's another example of a one person project. Uh
3: oh, how's Tom doing, by the way? Does anyone know? He's doing great. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, um, that whole uh uh
2: Exclusivity with Nintendo actually uh, helped him out a lot. So good.
0: Yeah, well, also, he already worked it. from worked from home anyway. So yeah, he it's just kind of not really changed too much. No,
4: it's uh, funny. Um, y'all are all like wax and poetic about all this stuff, and I agree with all of it. The the but the biggest thing that was uh this gen that was huge for me was headphone jacks on the controllers. <laughs>
3: yep. <Ooh. Yeah.
2: laughs> Small thing, but absolutely
3: amazing. Yeah, the last gen though. Yeah, no.
2: it you
0: was had kind of the DualShock Four. It was handhelds for the, the last few decades, but, yeah,
2: them, but the Xbox consoles. It's been kind of. If you had no, not even.
0: You, you had could, to get like a an adapter thing, mm-hmm. uh, oh. which is kind of what still people kind of want to do if they want to be able to mix chat and game audio and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm and
2: uh, that's gonna be just built in.
0: Mm. Yeah. But people still want their their old headsets to keep working yeah, the yeah. same way, which is gonna run into issues as you know, optical out ports mm. start uh showing up. Yeah. Because oh. it's old tech now. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's been a lot of fun, especially when I'm playing you know games that make use of uh audio really well, it was rhythm games, uh even stuff like destiny where it's like, I like to be able to hear uh, where the enemies are around me. And I can tell that with uh, that. And like that leads into one of my things like PlayStation VR.
3: Yes. Uh, huge
0: thing that's hopefully uh, the way for this genera, this next generation with 3d audio becoming like a bigger thing for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, where that whole thing, even just having, you know, crappy $10 headphones just made such a big deal. So I whenever I hear people like, Talking about VR and like they use their stereo system for that. I'm like, oh man, you're missing out. Oh yeah. Like well, I didn't pay for the surround sound system. It's like, yeah, so what? Put in fucking headphones. You'll see why. <laughs> uh your your surround sound isn't giving you full three D audio.
1: Nope.
0: Uh for that. And just the the wealth of options you get in those games that free you up from just having a fucking cursor on the screen as your only way of interacting with the world, even Skyrim. It's an official version of Skyrim where being uh, over encumbered doesn't really fucking matter. (laughs) You just can't do the big teleports. You just do like, instead of like teleporting 20 feet ahead of you, teleport five feet ahead of you.
3: Dude, I have had Skyrim VR just sitting there on my, um, on my hard drive, gathering digital dust for ages. You can also
0: dual wield your attacks. Mm-hmm. So You can have two different spells in your oh, well, hands you know, independently of each other.
3: Mm. Okay. Or does that not matter?
0: I mean, you can still play like regular, but okay. Uh, but the the cool thing is, you can kind of pick up stuff off the ground just by aiming the moves at the ground on those items. Now, it's still Skyrim, so that can be a little bit weird. Uh, getting the the prompt to pick up when you're trying to pick up specific items. But yeah, I
3: just have no interest in the motion stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but I think that's kind of the, the thing that works out really well for that game. It's mm. so like you can uh, attack independent of where you're looking. Yeah, uh, that is
2: cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for as far as VR goes, I think we need to have a little bit of an evolution on the controls. Uh, yeah, as good as the Oculus and the the uh, what is it the Vive? Vive Index Five Index right? Uh, their controls are. You're still holding something in in each hand, so it doesn't yeah. doesn't quite feel right. I, th- I think when we get to haptic gloves, and that's that's coming, yeah, um, we're gonna start. It's gonna really open up, I think.
0: Yeah, so at least for now, like the the newer controllers have sensors on them, so they can tell like when you're gripping and when you're not, right? Uh, so you can have like independent finger control, yep, that kind of stuff. That uh, is pretty cool, and I look forward to when like the next revision of PSVR for PS Five gets around to implementing all that.
3: Yeah. So well, have they already said that the PSVRs that we have now will um, continue to be compatible, so yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how much they plan I'll on actually adding. the
0: adapter on that. That's free. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's not too bad uh, to get. But, yeah, it's... Because they've been oh. doing a pretty good job with tech that is kind of uh, a bit old with Move controllers and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah,
2: Uh yeah.
0: Which yeah, does, it does everything well we're for the most part. they're not going to refresh
2: the headset right away, that no. what they would refresh first would be the controls. So, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. But I think they'll do that with the new headsets. Probably yes. at least like late next year to maybe 2022.
1: Right. Because
0: mm-hmm. uh, we're still going to get PSVR stuff even on PS5 with like Hitman 3. Yeah. That's going to let you play all of that for as weird as that's going to be fucking be. Because mm-hmm. you've had the... Cause they even have built in like context for what if you take your item, just tap them on the shoulder with it. Uh-huh. And like they react to that. And you are like, all right, fucker, boom, here's your sled, the shovel to the head. It's <laughs> like, I wanted you to see me do this to you. Uh, kind of thing. Uh, all the weird stuff that can happen. That's, you know, doesn't happen in 2d.
3: Yeah. Uh, where, or spear him with the blade of the shovel. <laughs> yeah, maybe,
0: that. I don't know, but yeah, it's, uh, VR just does so many cool things like just playing super hot VR and you're like, Oh, this is the fucking matrix. (laughs) This is finally a matrix game. Yeah. And it's so fucking awesome. Just have to actually dodge the bullets that are Mm -hmm. slowly moving past you and then just fucking throwing shit at them to take them out. Uh, Mm
5: -hmm.
0: yeah. VR is just incredible. And I also just love that this gen supports games more than it did last gen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, like, Xbox had the the 4 meg limit for updates. Yeah. Which later on in the gen just became an issue. Right? They come up with that weird, like, whole back-end... Well, here's, like, a secret uh, bit of storage that you can use for updates. Stuff that's uh, just a bit weird. Um, It was a bit easier on PlayStation, but still, like, getting to update. uh, And when the system was off and all that. Now... It's a lot easier to update games, uh, get things going. Storage is still an issue because games are still fucking huge at Mm -hmm. times. Like Destiny 2, every time I get an update on that, it's like, oh my God, what do I have to delete to get room for this that I'm not going to play anyway? (laughs) Uh, I would just say delete
3: Destiny 2 and cut your losses. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, then you get. But I think they've said their upcoming update for Beyond Light is going to shed. A good like 30 to 40% of the file size. I'm like, ooh. Wow. Hey. Uh, Warframe's going through that now where they're going to potentially cut it down by a good, like 10 to 15 gigs hmm. uh, on the install. So, like, games are able to update in wide ways. You get stuff like No Man's Sky where it just, they just keep working on that game, mm-hmm. refreshing it every few months uh, with new contents, or you get, you know, the free to play stuff. It just continually evolves over time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, you don't have to move on from games Mm-mm. this gen if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's big compared to last gen, where it's like, oh, here's the one game for this month that you probably want to check out, and then we'll get through that, uh, play the multiplayer or whatever, then get ready for the next game. There's still mm-hmm. some of that, but people are just mm-hmm. playing these free-to-play games, and that's all they want to do, and not having to pay any extra money for that
4: i don't so care yeah, about the pretty cool stuff but I, I appreciate the fact that there are games that people can play and then continue to play through the generations shift that that's very pc um it's about time it came to consoles. just because a new set of hardware comes around doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to keep playing something that you really like and that's probably yeah. why you know kind of seeing what what sony's pulled with you know the spider-man shit really fucking irritated me mm-hmm. it's I, and that's not a conversation for now, but I, I really have to applaud a lot of these um, developers and I really got to go back to like Microsoft stance, um, not trying to be like pro Microsoft, but to just to set up this entire generation and then, you know, try to do something with some of the previous stuff and saying, you know, we will, this can be the, you know, where you play this stuff. Is just we've needed something like that for so long, and being a guy that plays on PC, like it's, it's long overdue for the consoles to get to this, and that's why I'm somewhat disappointed. Like we we know so little from Sony about what is going to work, what isn't, and how this stuff transfers over. What you know, um, Sony seemed to be really keyed into this idea that like well we'll just you know we'll do the generation, air quotes. You know, um, three
3: exclusives.
4: Yeah, and it, uh-huh. and one of
3: them's a remake of a. Of a seventh gen game,
4: yeah. yeah, so you know again, and not not saying that's a bag on them or or anything like that, but I am it is okay, <laughs> it is one of those things where you're just like, jesus man like the the differences between the two are so stark that it's really kind of it's kind of crazy, so and I think and I think it, at least in that regards, what Microsoft is doing is healthy it's healthy for smaller developers, it's healthier for bigger developers like you even see a, a company like blizzard you know they're doing overwatch Two, but the big thing that they've said is everything that you did in overwatch one will transfer over because they realize like you have these people that they're invested there. they're invested exactly and and they want to continue to play the stuff that they like and you mm-hmm. can't be mad about that you know yeah, especially if you're not changing that much about it mm.
0: for a sequel like overwatch 2 where it just seems like they're kind of layering on new things
4: yeah, yeah, we need
5: the a update and that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I guess we got. We should move on to the bad parts of the of the generation, and I'll start. <laughs> we'll be here. All fucking right. surprise mechanics, <laughs> boxes boxes, uh, gambling mechanics.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I would yeah, say this
3: was really where that sort of thing met- metastasized.
4: Metastasized. metastasized. Yeah, microtransactions as a whole have been just absolutely awful. Um,
3: yeah, yeah and, unmitigated disaster.
4: The and and I think the the greed that we've seen is just
5: stunning. Um, the absolute just moral and ethical huge of the AAA mm. part of the industry. Mm. Yeah, just.
3: Well, we always knew they were sacks of shit.
5: Yeah, Mm. it's just this time they showed that, uh, no, they really do not have any actual, uh, scruples. No, they have none. (laughs) Absolutely none. Yeah, when you see, like, NBA
0: 2K and Call of Duty being, like, two of the most popular games every year, selling huge, as well as having tons of microtransactions, then going into Next Gen saying, like, all right, we need 70 bucks for these games.
1: Yeah. And seemingly,
0: like, Doing the exact same things they're going to do anyway. It's like, you know, you guys don't need to charge more. You no. make enough off of the microtransactions and such that you're just killing it anyway. But they know that people are going to buy those games anyway. So why not
5: get the extra 10 bucks off of that? Uh, another bad thing is uh, games releasing way too early.
3: Yeah. yeah. I wrote a whole thing on that not too long ago. Mm.
5: Um, and we it, now have it undermines.
3: In- yeah, all, this entire push that the generation started with, where we tried to assume our, um, you know, consumer rights to own what we own, and it caused the Xbox One eighty and all that. And yeah. then none of that means shit if we're going to be buying games at the point of sale and coming home with Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah, you know that's or, that's the, or or the games.
5: Yeah, that's Master the state Chief the games election. are going to be
3: um, be in once the update servers are taken down. So yeah. think about that, mm-hmm. like really, really consider where you're putting your money, because yeah. um, just because you own a hard copy of a game doesn't mean it's a copy you're going to want necessarily. Yeah.
5: Another yeah. bad thing that came up this generation the gaming culture turned into something horrifying. Yeah. 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. That shit has existed as far back since the Xbox days in one to- in one way or another. Yeah, uh,
6: but we weren't ashamed to start a new job and say, oh, in my spare time, I play video games.
5: Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this small bit of drama happens between an indie developer by the name of Zoe Quinn and a person claiming to be her ex-boyfriend. And it somehow taps into a very dark, very scary part of the gaming world and it spreads like a virus.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
5: Yep. And luckily, like developers haven't generally been afraid of them. No, most, to- more often than not, they've simply completely ignored them, or in at least one or two instances, basically flipped them the digital finger.
3: Yes. Yeah,
5: especially when like uh,
0: Sony doing the... Like, Horizon Zero Dawn not being afraid to put women at the front of their games.
5: Yeah. Uh, or, the Last of Us Part 2, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, or, you know, Wolfenstein, uh, yeah. them basically saying, yeah, uh, Nazis are bad, you should punch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, You know, stuff like that. They're not afraid, you know, that they ended up thinking they had far bigger numbers than they actually did, and now that whole part of the gaming world is kind of circling itself and becoming more insular. Yeah. And very um weak. Yeah. It's already uh, kind
3: of eaten itself anyway.
5: Yeah. Yeah, you know it's bad for them when they're still using arguments and memes from, like, 2016. <laughs> Yes. They still bring up fucking Anita Sarkeesian. Well. Yeah. Uh, what's
3: what's her relevance going for on eBay now?
5: Yeah, seriously. Like that whole feminist frequency thing doesn't even exist anymore.
0: Yeah, she's doing something new which seemed pretty cool. It's like a uh a gaming hotline like therapy kind of thing.
5: Yeah. yeah that seemed pretty cool. She actually, you know, and it turns out a lot of her critiques were one hundred percent on point. Yeah. And they kinda proved it. <laughs> um yeah,
0: yeah it I mean kind of fun going into H Bomber guy's stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. into this part of that that I hadn't seen really. Yeah. Of what kind of chuds these guys were that were trying to uh, make a name for themselves and money off mm-hmm. of that on YouTube. Yeah. It's like yeah they're all fucking idiots
5: yeah um yeah uh let's see what else um covered surprise mechanics covered uh unfinished games going out um shit was that um
2: adding Adding microtransactions and stuff to games that have already released after the reviews have gone out. Oh,
5: yeah. Activision yeah. kind of pioneered that little shit, didn't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and the Forza stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Um, well,
2: Forza 180, as far as the Forza 7, at least.
5: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. I didn't and see I, Forza 4. So.
5: But uh, really, I think that whole thing kind of, re- the whole surprise mechanics thing kind of reached its apex with Star Wars Battlefront. Um,
2: yeah, that uh, so
5: much so that it became like international news, and like governments got involved, hmm. and uh, even the freaking CEO of Disney came yeah. down on on EA's yeah. board of directors.
2: When that when like you you really don't don't want that,
5: yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, I, I think the other really big instance was uh, not revealing, like, surprise mechanics, but having to do with, like, gaming and government intertwining itself. Uh, that whole shit that went down with Blizzard. Mm. Yeah. Um, when uh, one of their players for, what was it, was it Hearthstone? Yeah. Yeah, it was Hearthstone. Uh, made his support for the Hong Kong independence movement um, known. It ended up getting him scrapped. They they took away his prize money and basically Blizzard had to kowtow in one of the most pathetically disgusting ways possible. Yep. Like I mean, what we think like this whole thing about how you know they dealt with it in and of itself is bad. Have you read the letter that they wrote to the Chinese government? I have not. Don't want to. <laughs> it will make you vomit at just do, do, how utterly craven it is.
3: Should Bobby Kotick have just gotten a shovel?
5: <laughs> Probably. Mm. Um, And the worst part is that Blizzard did not i say the worst part no this wasn't the worst part but it's what made things worse is the fact that blizzard basically sat on this for days and did nothing about it they just completely ignored it scuttled it yeah and just everything they did do was like very underhanded and people only found out about it after the fact because they had to like fucking go through documents and shit and then when they tried to uh do a mayacopa at blizzcon and that just really. That the yeah, just. This, yeah, it was just the wor- the bullshit, like, you know, apology they could have possibly done by giving the most generic, nondescript apology that you could possibly make.
2: Yeah. Did, we didn't even know what they apologized for. Cause
5: yeah. The only reason. They and the only thing. Caught. Yeah. And the only. Basically, the only way they were able to, like, balance it out was showing you know cinematic trailers for the next Diablo and Overwatch so yeah
3: and even that really didn't make it go away
5: no um people still remember it yeah. but hey all the but hey all the good blizzard people are over at dreamhaven now so yeah we'll see what they do. Yeah,
4: I think I think the most disgusting thing about this the, the bad thing about this generation I think is really laid bare how greedy and craven some of these these companies are. that. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I took from it. But in Almost
5: truth, there. it's not so much a thing that stands on itself. It's just a sign of... Fuck it, I'll just say it. It's a sign of late-stage capitalism. Yep. Like all of this shit here, this is what it looks like. Mm. The c- company's growing, getting ever-bigger profits while... Siphoning off as much money from their employees, from their customers, from the government. And, you know, increasingly getting worse and worse, you know, working conditions and crunch times. Hmm. And at the same time, accumulating more and more properties and more and more studios underneath them. Until slowly but surely they will end up monopolizing most of the gaming market,
6: and that's a concern and one that people who have the talent to do a little bit of programming on their own should keep in mind.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. There any- uh,
0: I think I have one more. It's kind of the the stagnation of the sports genre. Yeah, it's because
5: it's that whole annualization thing has just kind
4: of – I mean, it's the same
5: thing that happened with Call of Duty and with Assassin's Creed. You can't put a game of good quality and expect to put it out year after year like that, not in the modern
4: industry. Those types of
5: games require a lot more – work going into them
3: now you can uh reiterate um every year and then make great strides every few years within that framework but yeah those are gonna have to be really good strides
5: yeah and the problem is with these games is that they've gotten they've started getting diminishing returns year after year which is kind of one of the reasons why they've had to start sticking all of this demand all of these uh quote-unquote surprise mechanics into them
0: yeah Yeah, it's also kind of uh, uh, an effect of them kind of being stripped down in terms of competition Mm -hmm. uh, through kind of partly the audience uh, just not supporting competition. Yeah. In a lot of cases, where, you know, NHL at one point had, you know, tons of games and then it was down to like 2K and EA. And as soon as the 2K started dipping, the audience just went pretty much straight to EA. Mm -hmm. and 2k just stopped happening because it wasn't selling enough to be worth it you know we had competition for NBA 2k with NBA Live that was actually pretty good for 18 and 19 Uh, in some cases even better uh, in some aspects and just people stopped wanting to support it even when it was you know 5-10 bucks on sale Mm -hmm. to try to get uh, an audience of any kind there Uh, And maybe it'll come back at some point Uh, I don't know but yeah, they had like a legit good thing going, and it's just kind of annoying that people just are so into the 2K stuff, even when they acknowledge the issues, uh, still keep buying it in ways. Just mm. like you guys have competition, support it. Show sure that you want 2K to do better by making them have some extra people to work against. Well,
5: see, here's part of the problem: is the audi- the gaming audience that buys 2K stuff isn't necessarily the same audience as us. Yeah. So they don't necessarily have the kind of information like we do. Yeah. But it's also kind of just, you become
0: a fan of that franchise and you just, it's kind of ride or die. Yeah. That aspect yeah, of it, yeah. For that stuff, which is a, a shame at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even just feature wise, uh, I think MLB, the show is probably the the series that's done the most this gen with Instituting things like you can beer. transfer your saves to the next game. Mm. Continue your player and your franchise. Yeah. Uh things like that. It's like I've been wanting that for decades, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's finally here. But I wish uh fans of EA and two K games push them to do that same thing. hmm I'll be better for everybody. Yeah, to RBI, have this well, kind of thing.
2: That'd be great competition. I'm sorry. It just isn't.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, that's fine. Cause now Sony's going to be their own competition and put it out on every platform.
2: That's, uh, just so blows my mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. For as much as people talk about like, Oh, Microsoft puts out Minecraft on the other platforms. Like it was already kind of there. They're just not upsetting the apple cart mm-hmm. in a sense. And like Sony's putting one of their bigger games, uh, on the other platforms. uh, I don't know when, but I assume at some point here next month, we'll find out more information on that stuff. That's when they usually start talking about the next game. Uh, yeah. But sports games also get kind of into the whole wave of, you know, updating it, adding new things over the course of the, or the four or five months that the season usually goes on and mm-hmm. does all that. Uh, mm. It's like, it would really do better if you had uh, just the one version to work off of for a couple of years because uh, they'll put out discs of that new thing with just the updates already on them mm-hmm. so you have less to work with uh, or less to worry about when you put those in uh, maybe add some bonuses to it I guess uh, but it really allowed more more stuff to get done when they have uh, more time mm-hmm. to maintain the games as well as uh, more time to work on the next big release Uh and like even just the, the whole COVID 19 stuff, NBA 2K that just released is not having new rosters. Yeah. Wait, it's, what? Because it's still the current season. Oh, it's still going fuck on.
3: me. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and Normally, that's the kind of thing I you immediately like. do not have new rookies on.
0: in it or
3: oh, free agent changes
0: fuck. or any of that stuff. It's all just purely new features in the new or Is that going to be added
3: when it, resol- when it resolves? Like, I
0: assume so, but that new season won't be starting until maybe December at the earliest. Yeah, it's be, be January. Next game. Which is just how weird it's affecting just the games themselves. I know the
3: NHL is going to be December 1st, and the NBA is usually like a week or two behind. So
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, MLB probably won't be affected too much because they're just going to the playoffs this week. Uh, so they'll probably get to the World Series by November, which is... Generally, about where they're at. So, the new game will uh, be okay, hopefully, as long as you know, like big relapses in terms of COVID 19 in this country. For as weird as that is to say, when we've got 200,000 people dead Mm -hmm. uh, and all that. But yeah, it's the sports industry is kind of in a weird place of wanting to take advantage of some of the things that other genres get to do. Mm-hmm. like continuing to support their games and all that, but then also having the uh general desire to keep selling new games every year
2: and part of that, uh, I think is the leagues themselves that want that that annual game
0: yeah but... there's like ways they could still have a disc mm-hmm. with stuff on it that wouldn't require them to essentially be working on nine month uh yeah. dev cycles.
3: Uh, I just want to volunteer Street Fighter 5 as a case study on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do what they did at launch. Yeah, at don't before they it's actually could ready. launch, but do everything that they did ever since.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. With maybe more consistency, because some years were lighter than others.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, that's like the, the one real thing that people were kind of weird about with Street Fighter 5. is like, well, you we thought last year was probably the last year, because nothing really came out
3: much left and
0: yeah but then they announced a bunch of stuff for next year and it's like okay well i guess there's still more
3: Uh, yeah that was that's entirely the new um the new guard
0: yeah yeah so sports is in a weird position uh so hopefully there's there's more flexibility in the future Uh, because i think they could really benefit from being able to continue to support those games and not just be planning like here's like our five months of being a live game, and we have to get the new thing out. Uh, yeah. So, anything else on that topic? Uh, no, can't really think of anything. All right. We kind of droop. Drew- yeah. Let's get through this next bit here. Top five games of the generation. I think Lee needs to get going here pretty quickly. So, Lee, how about you kind of talk about uh, what you got for your list?
4: Yeah, I'll just keep it short and sweet. I got Red Dead on there. Uh, I have Overwatch. Um, Witcher 3 obviously goes without saying. Uh, and then Spider-Man. And uh, Sorry, I don't have the list in front of me. I'm fucking doing this shit off of memory. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck was the other one? Hold on, I'll tell you all, guys.
3: <laughs> um, it was kind of a running joke, if I remember correctly.
4: Yeah. I like how I'm trying to, trying to get me out of here quick, and then I can't even get out of here quick. Uh, let's see. Well, anyway. Streets of Rage 4, you yeah, have on Streets here. Streets of Rage 4, yeah. That was it. Yeah, I, I think there's the the greatest brawler of all time in yeah. my opinion. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you guys have heard me rant about these games, you know, For if anybody's been listening to the podcast, they've heard me say, why well, I think these things are so great. So,
5: yeah. 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 Um, How about you, Brandon? Yeah, because I got a bolt in a minute, too. Um, all right. mine. Uh, essentially is uh from this uh one of them would probably be undertale simply because that game showed how you can do so much with such with so less um you can make a really effective really emotional story that can connect with people and yet your graphics don't have to be like super duper advanced as long as there's heart and passion in it it will get a, you will people will gravitate to the quality um uh i would also probably say near automata on the opposite side of the scale even though that game does have a, a lot of heart and passion in it but it also has some pretty good graphics and great art direction and you know 2b's absolutely gorgeous ass i mean they made it a selling point. I have to bring it up. It's a trophy, I think. Yeah. Um,
3: it's like they say, you're going to be staring at ass for 40 hours.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least it's a pleasant one. Uh, my next one would probably be... say I would probably say Fire Emblem Three Houses, simply because it's the game that brought the fire emblem games into the mainstream and also it changed up the formula in ways for the better as far as I'm concerned. Um I would also probably point out uh The Witcher 3. Absolutely, The Witcher 3. Um and that's because it's The Witcher but 3. Any better? Yeah, it best is. Game of the generation the absolute summer. top of the best game of this generation. Yep. A game that managed to have great graphics, amazing writing, great gameplay, never gets boring, always has something to find and something to do. And it never feels overextended or, you know, or it never feels like it's wasting your time. And my number one is going to be a wild card because I'm not really sure until Cyberpunk comes out. So <laughs> okay. number one will be TBD for now. All right. And for that, I got and with that, I got a bolt. So I'll see you guys later.
3: All right, All right later.
5: take care, Brandon. Later, uh,
0: Teresa. how about you?
6: Um, I am gonna say Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Even though I didn't play as much of it as I wanted to, um, it was phenomenal for me. Uh, yeah. Overwatch again didn't play quite as much as I wanted to, but still put in a good amount of hours on it, and I suck really bad. But it's still it still deserves a spot there. Um, regardless of my sucking. Um, and then, yeah, Overwatch
4: um, works because you, you don't have to be a killer player to, to enjoy the game. And there's, there's different ways that you can play it and still have fun.
6: Yeah. And people are generally fairly forgiving. Um, fairly, uh, Red Dead, uh, too. That was on a couple of other lists. Abso freaking lootly belongs on there. Um, I'm gonna go with Kingdom Two Crowns. Hey, it's on the Xbox. It counts. Um, because man, that's my jam. I'm playing it right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, then, and this shouldn't really count. And and but I'm gonna say it anyway. And again, like Brandon said, we we need a wild card because this shit isn't over yet. Um, the Final Fantasy 14 expansions.
3: Yeah. I, I almost included that on mine. If Final Fantasy XIV itself wasn't a wasn't a seventh gen game, I probably would have gone for it. Uh the only thing that stopped me was that. Um, Shadowbringers in particular, absolutely the best um Final Fantasy story in years. And God, yes. and just everything they keep doing with this game is continually um mind blowing. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Yoshida has in store for us in Final Fantasy sixteen.
6: Yeah, those those are mine. Um clearly I'm not considering Switch uh a, a last year well,
3: machine. Well, um it's like Chris said when we were talking about it before the show, it's, these are the two systems that were um that are winding down. Yeah, so. they're
6: sunsetting. The the hmm. switch is not in any way sunsetting. Yeah.
0: Hmm. No. Uh how about you, Pat?
3: So my list is going to be uh, really personal and really sort of, um, in ter- it, for the most part, it's going to be in terms of a lot of the meaning of the games, uh, what they represent in the industry and things like that. So you're not going to see a lot of the, the mainstays that we've talked about already. Uh, the first one, and, and these are in no particular order. Um, I just kind of came up with a list um sort of in a hurry before uh today before we did the show uh the first one's going to be NHL 19 because the community features they packed into this game the diversity of gameplay that they included like this is this is not your typical um you know annual sports simulation this is did we just lose Craig uh no okay okay well, I heard somebody sign off um, might have been Lee. Yeah, it looks like it was. Um, sorry. Anyway, um, this is just a hockey game, and if you want arcade hockey, if you want simulation hockey, if you want fucking pond hockey, it's there for you. Um, if you just want to have a shoot around with your friends, you have that option. Um, what they've done is just take all of these corners of of hockey culture and condense them all onto a disc. And I think that's fucking beautiful. And, you know, you have your world of Chell, which is like your personal avatar that you take through the online modes, um, where you're just showing up and playing as yourself. And that's a fucking blast. Um, if you want to do online professional hockey, like, um, EASHL is a thing. Um, You can do pickup games. Anything that you can imagine, um, you have that option. And so NHL 20 has followed suit, and I honestly think that, you know, a, a few minutes ago I was talking about how maybe you could occasionally make great strides within the annualized framework, and I really feel like for the last few years the NHL franchise has been a case study in that like they have done a bang up job of bringing that across and um, helping to get their brand to transcend what you usually think of with the annualized hockey simulation or the annualized sports simulation. I think um, it would behoove a lot of other studios to take that into account and take, you know, think about that model when they're, developing their own games because, um, what, what EA has going on up in Vancouver is special. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is going to be Sonic mania. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, don't fuck with what works and the Sonic series will, um, you know, can still shine just as well today as it did in the nineties. Um, I feel like we've kind of reached a critical mass where, uh, okay, we've taken all of these longstanding franchises in these really radical directions that may or may not have led to success, but some of some of them are just ringing hollow with what we've been doing. So maybe let's go back to that um, that initial foundation that we know for a fact worked and build upon that. and I'm hoping to see more of that as we move um, into the future uh, of gaming because that's only going to diversify the selection of games available even further. Whereas when 3D first landed in the mid-90s, you kind of had these homogenized experiences where everything was converging on the same point. So um, having the 2D option on the table, having the classic option on the table, I think we will do a lot to give these long-running franchises their own niche in the um, in the framework of just this massive game industry that we've built um, in the intervening years, and Sonic Mania is a perfect example of that. So, the next spot is actually occupied by two games, and it's not because I was trying to cheat and slip a sixth game in there, but because... There are two games that are really emblematic of the same thing, and there's one that I prefer, but there's one that's more meaningful in that context, and so I'm just lumping them together, and that is Samurai Showdown and The King of Fighters 14. SNK's rebirth has been absolutely one of my favorite stories of this generation, and um, just to see them back as prominently doing what they do best um, with a parent company that can sign, um, sign so many production paychecks to make their vision really work out on whatever hardware it happens to appear on, just it, it's a feel-good story from any angle. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they have, um, you know, what they have for us next because I'm sure uh, we'll be hearing about it soon. I mean, King of Fighters 15 has already been announced. I'm kinda of surprised we haven't seen something at TGS so far, but I don't think the show is over yet, so maybe that's in the pipeline. Um we know that Yasuyuki Oda wants to do um wants to do Garo 2 because that got um that got scuttled in the final days of R and D one back in the day. Um there's a lot of places that SNK could go and they're all really fucking exciting. So um I figured having those two games occupying a single slot um on my top 5 was fitting just because it's not really the games themselves that um that I'm putting there even though um if I if I was going with the games themselves it would be Samurai Showdown in that slot. Um it's just really the the weight of having SNK back and the presence that they have in the current um gaming landscape that i'm really trying to make mention of um the next one is maybe a little bit unfitting because they're technically um 7th gen games but there's a game changer in there that i had to include it and it's also kind of a, what does this game mean for gaming and that's going to be wipe out the omega collection VR compatibility for Wipeout Omega Collection is a moment that I have been waiting for in gaming since I was maybe 14 years old. Um, just getting to play Wipeout in VR and having it work as well as it does. Oh my God. Um, I couldn't leave that game off of this list. Um, when summing up the generation, because that is the, that is as far as I'm concerned the VR Killer app. And I'm sure there'll be people out there that disagree with me on that. Um that it should be something that was um born and bred on the PSVR or on the Oculus or whatever it is you're um playing your VR games on. But for me, this is the this is the we have arrived moment. Mm-hmm. And uh God. Uh it's one of those things that I can just um I, I can just put the headset on and my day is done. And I love it for that. And so that absolutely belongs on my list. And then finally, a game that I've had a very complicated history with, but a few things have happened in recent weeks and months that have kind of given me some closure on it. And um, I, I now feel like, okay, I understand everything. I can enjoy this game without any second thoughts or anything. Fantasy Star Online 2. Heck yeah. Um this is a kind of game that we need to preserve in gaming and to see it finally arrive in the west and to do and to be as good as it is once we finally got our hands on it um is one of the one of the best things I could have asked for um and especially now having a better understanding of What it was that actually kept it from the West for so many years and um, all of the hurdles that had to get cleared and, you know, all of that resentment that I'd build up um, just over a number of extenuating factors that that had surrounded the early development of the game. Um, You know, I've I've kind of got some uh, some suitable closure on that. And I now understand that yeah, there was just no way that that game was going to be turned around in the West on that kind of timetable. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I I know uh Teresa, like like I'd said earlier, we need to get back on that game because oh holy my shit. gosh, yes, yeah, oh I'm, my gosh, I'm so far behind, it's not even funny, and I just I can't wait to get back into the the swing of things. And the Alienware runs it too.
6: Yep. So, <laughs> oh, yes, it does.
3: Yes, it does. So, um, so I don't even need to switch up my HDMI cables or anything. I can just uh, sit down, fire it up on the Alienware, and fucking go. And my character's right there and everything. Yep. So, thanks to Phil Spencer for that one. And
1: yeah. yeah.
6: Which is probably one of my top going back to the, the best things about this gen is that they understand how we game because they game the same way. And and we have Play Anywhere, and we have the Switch, which yeah. is beyond Play Anywhere. Um, you know, those those are great things. And something like Fantasy Star, and and even yeah. Overwatch, whatever whatever you're playing, it's it's going from. Yeah, place Nintendo
3: fucking bulldozed the wall between console and handheld. And really Sony great. had already kind of damaged it with the PlayStation Vita, but Nintendo blew it away entirely.
6: Yeah, this is so. something entirely
0: different. <laughs> All okay, right, that,
3: so well, well, that's my 5.
0: Yeah, Phil, how about you?
2: Uh okay, well, these are in no particular order, but one of them should probably not be a surprise to anybody in this PC building simulator.
0: What? God damn, <laughs> Phil.
2: Shocking. <laughs> oh. That one came from way off the board. Way off in left field there, but yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I've talked about this game for uh, hours and hours on the show over the course of the past year or so, so I'm not going to spend any time on that. Uh, Next one is Streets of Rage 4, uh, because for me, uh, that was kind of the fulfillment of multiple year, well, multiple year craving of wanting... A real Streets of Rage sequel, and always just looking out for other brawlers and trying to find something that was similar and played okay, and yeah, and then this comes out, and it not only meets the expectations I had, but it exceeded them in every way. Um, folks over at uh, Guard Crush, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. You know? They absolutely were faithful to the property. Even the art style kind of grew on me as once I realized that um, actually the original Streets of Rage was supposed to have a manga art style, but they couldn't do it with pixel art. So, yeah, it kind of, you know, everything fell into place. And then that amazing Olivier de Riviere soundtrack uh, with guest appearances by all the usual suspects. Um, And some of the not usual suspects. Uh, some of the not usual suspects, but it was, uh, it, it was, it's an amazing game. I've got it physically. Um, by the way, that uh, limited run games, they do really good work. Uh, took them a long time to get it to me, but uh, yeah, it was definitely worth it. Uh, so there's been that. Uh, another one I'll put on there is bloodstained for more or less the same reason. Uh, wanting a good symphony of the night. Um, Follow up. Huh? And, uh, yeah, this one definitely did it. It was, I, I wouldn't say like the launch and the subsequent updates went without a hitch because it had issues. Uh, you called it a masterwork for a reason. Yeah. It, it's, it, it was a flawed masterwork, but it is a masterwork. Uh, and, uh, as it is right now, yeah, if you haven't played it, jump in. It's great. Uh, we've got two, two of the three characters are in there, whole bunch of modes. Uh, there's plenty of content for you to get in and play. So, if you want a metroidvania in the purest sense uh yeah check out blust day uh next one i want to touch on is uh kind of what pat said with uh is, with samurai showdown and king of fighters 14 i guess i'll do the same thing and lump them in with the uh uh at the same time having uh, snk back is great isn't it snk back is great uh if i were going to pick uh, one of the games I would probably also go with Samurai Showdown because okay, King of Fighters fourteen was really good, uh-huh. but uh, Samurai Showdown feels like a honed, polished, and absolutely solid piece of fighting. Uh, well, of fighting yeah. game master,
3: it's uh, you could basically it's Hidetoshi Ishizawa, Neo G, yeah, the guy who he- got the guy who gave us Third Strike. I mean, that's. It's That's a case all we really need to know. Right. And so uh, it's, it's on the list for that. He uh, literally went to SNK to make that game and then left Yeah, after he was done. <laughs> That's, yeah. So I'm going to do this now. Uh, all right, I'm done. See ya. He um, checked it off of, He checked Samurai Showdown off of his bucket list of games that he wanted to develop before he dies. So, and yeah. Done. Uh, and uh, fourth one, I'm going to go with Axiom Verge.
1: Uh, good.
2: Good one. It was a great game that it starts off fairly simple with uh, a fairly simple premise and then mind and it fucks goes you. off the rails. <laughs> yeah. So, uh it's a very very good game also done by one person. Yep. Uh, it, uh it's done by one person with a very very distinct style. Um in that yeah, visually it kind of looks 8-bit but kind of not. Because uh, there are certain areas that really don't locate bit at all. Uh, and uh, there's that really amazing chiptune hybrid modern soundtrack that he's got in there, uh, which he did a really great job with. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic game. It was our 2015 game of the year uh, for good a reason. reason. So, yeah, play that game. It's out on all of the things. Um, so there's that. Uh, and finally, one that I typically wouldn't pick, but I'm going to pick it anyway, because uh, after having recently started playing it, I can definitely see now why everybody loves it so much,
3: and that is The Witcher 3. Oh, my oh, God. A too early. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a whole other conversation we could have had. But. Yeah, I've okay. three hours into this. So, uh, yeah, Witcher 3
2: is fantastic. The uh, writing is fantastic. Uh, gameplay customization is really nice. Uh, if you're playing on PC, you can have a good set of mods. If you want to get rid of stuff like weaponware and stuff like that, you can, you can play that the way you want to. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just a really great CD Projekt Red game that will uh, use as much hardware as you have. Um, <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> Very scalable, but also will look absolutely gorgeous if you crank the settings up. So, uh, so those are my five.
1: Uh,
0: Chris? All right, so yeah, I'll get to mine. Uh, so I kind of did put them in an order. I don't know, but uh, number five is Diablo Three: Reaper of Souls Ultimate Evil Edition.
3: And put it, putting mine uh, in any kind of order probably would have required some weeping.
0: Yeah, I didn't think s- too super hard about this. I just like uh, think about games that I would put in the top five. Mm. Uh even looking back at my top ten lists over the past over this current gen. Uh very tough to kind of pull stuff out of that mm. uh for this. But yeah, Diablo 3, I'd never played a Diablo game before, though wow. that game. because uh, I didn't really have uh a PC to play it oh, or the, the drive to do it in that way. Um so yeah, I came to this. Uh the most surprising thing was kind of just the graphics. Uh, coming out of it like looking like oh this this is what Diablo graphics look like. Kind of looks like wow uh a little bit. Uh definitely could tell like they were aiming for like a wide range of PCs to be able to play it. Um but As when they got it to console way. yeah when they got the console uh adapting it for a controller just works so well. Yeah uh in a way if so I get
3: him on Diablo 2 one of these days. Yeah. Yeah I have to get it to play properly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it's and it, it the console version kind of just outclasses the PC version in a number of ways, um, in a wild way. It's like why didn't you guys put a lot of this stuff into the PC version? Mm-hmm. Let's play it with the controller. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Uh, Able will do that with Diablo Four?
3: I don't know. No, it was the, what you heard now was the sound of like five million PC gamers having a stroke. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but i've played it on pc and it's like just all the damn clicking yeah. god damn oh yeah uh, it controls so well on console having uh you now the use of the dodge and all that kind of stuff that just uh really gives it new life uh in a way
3: and yeah. it's, it's definitely a different game on the pc than it is on console yeah and you get which is well because
0: overwatch what you use either what mm. you kind of do do it how you want it's like yeah, you guys could do this on Diablo. Yeah. Bring more people in. There'd be another cool. few million co- uh, copies you could sell to people. Um But yeah, it's it's just such a good game. I've played through it a bunch. I haven't played it for a while. But uh it's just a, such a fun game. It really set me on this path of trying to find others like it that were anywhere near as good, because there's a lot of Diablo clones. They're not really uh as successful as this one was. I think the closest was that uh Marvel Heroes origin game on consoles that played so well was just on the cusp of being as good. Need like a couple more updates to uh fix up the controls uh and some stuff like that. And then they got fucking cancelled. So yeah, there's not been too much uh like that that's done it really well. I think the other one I really liked was like Alienation, which was more of a dual stick shooter uh, version of that. But that was a, a lot of fun game too. So uh like a game just such a good example of when uh, Blizzard gets it right, they yeah. nail it Yeah, uh, in a way that nobody else can really touch them.
3: Uh, like even remember, now, like modern Blizzard can still win the lottery once in a while. And when they do, oh my God.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I would throw for my number four, uh, AstroBot Rescue Mission, just the best platformer of this generation by a good amount. Uh, it works so well in VR in a way that, uh, the people are like, "Oh, just make it not VR." It's like it wouldn't really work out super well that way. It's just kind of the perspective is,
3: but there's, there's that PS5 the pack in.
0: Yeah, but that's, that's cool. a different thing as well. Like mm. they had a the first like AstroBot game was in uh the pack in for the ps4 and was the thing that got people to be like oh yeah they should make another platformer out of this use use this character and do this cool stuff again it's like yeah and it nailed it for the vr where you kind of need to use your own uh headset to look around the level and find uh some of the collectibles because you can't just see them if you're just sitting uh and looking forward Uh, especially when they pull like a Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers kind of thing to it, where once you move ahead, you can't move back. So, uh, you kind of need to, like, be flexible and look around and find things that are, uh, see, like, the, the collectibles that are around, uh, as you try and explore these stages. And the boss fights are so good. The music's amazing. Probably some of the best music in this entire generation. Uh, the. I'm gonna have
3: to try this.
0: Yeah, it is so damn good. I'll send you some links uh, for the, the soundtrack because it is, oh, jeez. I even saved okay. some of it to my hard drive to listen to it on occasion because uh, there's one that's particularly that happens in the cave uh, areas and it reverberates on the walls with the 3D audio. Oh, it's so damn good.
3: I am not used to hearing you get worked up like this, Chris. I'm going to have to tri- this check game, that out.
0: The soundtrack is, I think, or I played this and I was like, God damn, this is good. I got to go fucking look it up, listen to it. some more. It's not that often. I'm like, wow. That bothered about soundtracks, uh, to where I had to look it up. Cause I'm like, God damn, what the fuck is this music? Uh, I'm not sure who the, the composer is. I can look it up real quick. Um, I think he's done other stuff for Sony as well. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's all as good as that. Uh, Kenneth Cm Young, yeah, uh-huh. he's done soundtracks for Little Big Planet, Little Big Planet Two, Tearaway. Uh, yeah, I more good think- stuff. Really? Those are kind of a similar vein of that. Uh, also did soundtrack for Knights and Bikes, but I think AstroBots kind of his big one. Uh, also did the Heavenly Sword. Jeez.
3: Oh, cool.
0: Uh, Getaway, I toy games. So he's been very much a. I'm oh, sound yeah. designer for a lot of that stuff so not necessarily a composer for that but more lately composer stuff but yeah that's astrobot just has a really good soundtrack that more people should check out um from my number three spider-man uh i think the game just nailed everything it was going for it was a perfect fit of studio and property
3: uh it's always great when that happens to you
0: yeah where you're like oh They had a wealth of good talent to lead it that they had people kind of fighting over who got to lead this game Uh, to such degree that the the next game, uh, Miles Morales, is uh, another guy leading that. Uh, Another guy named Brian, like the first game. So they're still letting Brian's uh, run these games, but I assume Spider-Man, the proper Spider-Man 2 will be uh, Brian into her again. Yeah. But, uh,
3: they're probably yeah, doing that specifically so they can dual develop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Spider Man just does everything you want out of a Spider Man game. It plays yeah. really well. It has the improvisation that, uh, Spider Man has to his arsenal, uh, where you can kind of come at these different combat encounters in a bunch of different ways with different gadgets and tools you have, uh, that, Just kind of lets you kind of tailor your upgrades to how you want to do that stuff uh, in a way that not many of these games really do it super well. Um, And the story is just so well done. You care about, you know, Peter's uh, story, the uh, MJ, uh, even Miles and uh, Aunt May and all that. Uh, They do such a good job of characterizing them. And Uh, the
6: cop. I mean, whoever she yeah. was, you or something, I don't remember.
0: Oh, yeah. I haven't played
6: it. I've just watched it. And yeah. just watching <laughs> it, I'm like, okay, who, who, who is this? And what's going on with her team? And are they going to yeah. be okay? <laughs>
0: yeah, one of the few games that can make you conflicted about being supportive of cops. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's funny. <laughs> yeah, and especially the way that Peter just uh, does his fucking spider cop shit at her fucking piss her off because he knows that <laughs> uh it annoys her. Uh but yeah, uh that game just one of the few games where I just like, I have to get the platinum on this. It's not a hard platinum. Uh it's not one where there's just a huge dick to you. Uh when you do super hard things. Uh it kinda just asks you to kind of check out uh every bit of the game. Uh if you want to go further on that stuff you can, but you generally don't have to. Alright. I'll just start with Hitman 2 again. So, yeah, Hitman 2 is my number two. Uh, it is one of the funniest games out there. It is such a great comedy game, physical comedy, just so well done when you throw, uh, objects at people at their head and they just knock them out. So they give you enough, uh, reaction of like, hey, what are you doing? And you get, just knock them out with a nice donk or whatever. <laughs> uh, it's so well done. They know how well to, uh play this stuff up uh to be realistic, but also know when to pull back for just good humor. Uh character writing so well done, you find run across NPCs that are just doing the silliest shit. Uh uh that just kinda wanna sit down like listen to like what the fuck is this character's problem? You know, what are they doing? Uh that kind of stuff that's uh nobody really does as well as these guys. Uh and building these big areas that just have so much stuff hidden in them. So many different ways you can go about taking out these uh, main targets that uh, you know you don't really expect, and then they've done a great job of supporting these games, uh, adding new content to them uh, with the elusive targets and all that. That uh, does such a good job of uh, being like one of those games you can really be excited about buying, uh, especially when they allow you to uh, bring that old content into the new game with upgrades to it and they're doing it same thing with three where you can bring uh, the first two games worth the content to the new new one with all the upgrades to that. And it just, uh, and it's exciting that that's going to be in VR. Cause I don't know what kind of mess that's going to be.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, and yeah, that's uh that's it, man too. And my number one is rocket league. Uh, it is the best multiplayer game out this gen from the most unlikely source uh, from most people. Of an indie game uh from an indie studio that nobody really heard of except for weirdos like me, uh knowing when their first game supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars uh they didn 't really change too much for this just tweak the uh make the controls really tight uh improve the the visuals uh and make it focus on the multiplayer instead of like single player challenges uh like the original did and uh, it did so well, just being a PlayStation uh, Plus game at launch.
3: Community that, features are cash money.
0: Yeah, and that they basically were expecting, like, to be a nothing game, like 10,000. I think it was, like, what they were aiming for for their servers at launch. And <laughs>
3: Surprise!
0: Got, like, a million <laughs> right. uh, that first week. Uh, and it's kind of yeah. crazy to think about that. And now they're regularly hitting over a million now that it's free-to-play. Uh during the busy hours of the day and they've done such a good job of shepherding this game. Like the gameplay hasn't really changed in the past five years. It's the same game. That's maybe slightly. That means it was things. a
3: good game all along.
0: Yeah. It's just like adding more car hitboxes to how that stuff can react, but that doesn't really change too much. Cause if you watch the rocket league championship series stuff, uh, people still rock like the, the weird Batman, uh, be Superman Batmobile car. Cause that's like their, their level of like super flat kind of car that can, they can know what to expect the ball to bounce off of mm-hmm. that way. Um, and, yeah, I've played so much of this game, like thousands of matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's exciting. I can just kind of play it on whatever platform suits me for the moment. And I can play it on Steam if I want. I can hop back to PS4, uh move over to Switch if I want, though that's not really the the a great version of the game. It just doesn't run super well there. But um you know, that kind of thing is very powerful for people to be able to, you know, team up with their friends and uh not feel like they have to stick to a platform because that's where those yeah. stuff is now. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the powerful thing about uh the improvements they've been making over the past uh a few months to the past year. Yep. Of making the stuff so much better for the game. Uh, it'll be exciting to see what they can do for next gen with that. So I think they'll be doing some upgrades for that stuff. Uh, that'll be exciting to see. Uh cause they've been hitting at that, upgrading the tech under the game. Hmm. Uh, which will be nice to see like what that looks like. Yeah. Um, uh, hmm.
2: if only their parent company had a really good engine
3: that they could use.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they are on. Unreal Engine
3: 3. Oh, my God.
0: So they might have upgraded to 4 at some point, but I think they're
3: I would hope probably so. going to be
0: upgrading to 5 here at some point. So I think that's what they're going to be working on, being like a flagship game for that uh, engine. Um,
3: Just as long yeah. as they get off of 3. My God. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's, that's kind of what they've been since they started at Psyonix was a <sighs> Unreal Engine support studio. They worked on Gears of War. Uh, all that kind of stuff, um, helping out other studios with their things, uh, Which, you know, gives them a lot of uh, a good uh, experience with that stuff. But yeah, I think Rocket League. I'm just saying just,
3: Unreal Engine Three was a mistake. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I think they've done. I mean, they're only worried about literally like a very small arena, so they're not really pushing it too hard in that instance. But it's the the different effects because now there's tons of different effects you can attach to your car uh uh for the cosmetic stuff and yeah they do they do the best battle pass out there cuz you don't change how you play the game uh hmm. most it asks you to do is just check out these other playlists uh in the multiplayer you know play some of the extra modes that are weird and cool uh, or just play some casual or the the competitive it doesn't really uh ask you to play too differently yeah. uh It's just a game that's, and the soundtrack also is pretty good. Uh, It's not amazing. It's like Euro, uh, Electronica kind of stuff, Uh, but they've been adding soundtracks to it, like full soundtracks, like every couple of big updates uh, to the point that they have like probably 10 or 15 in there now of stuff. You can check all that out on, I think, Spotify. They got them all listed up there Hmm. for you to listen to but it's all kind of the the same kind of vibe. Uh, if you watch any of their RLCS stuff, they just play that during the, the breaks because it's uh, it's pretty good. It's like, hey, you're sitting around doing nothing. Here's some music while you're doing something else kind of stuff. But yeah, that's kind of my top five. Um, I cool. think we'll cut, up, cut off a little bit here. We're not going to talk to the next-gen stuff. We got time for that here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, it's 300 episodes. Somehow we made yeah. it. I don't That's know. crazy.
3: I, I uh, think I can save the stuff I was going to say here for a column.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, somehow we made it to 300. Uh, Phil's like the the head of the show for quite a long time. Yep. Uh, what do you have to say about this <laughs> terrible thing you've forced upon us?
2: <laughs> well, basically, you, one of the only things I would say is don't be afraid to change it. Um, yeah, you know, I got some ideas. Um make it make it your own. You want a new theme song, you know, get one. It's like you know, not everybody likes C sixty four SID music, but I happen to, so that's why we got yeah. it. Uh, I had a good
0: idea. I got uh, some audio stuff from that uh itch.io bundle. Yeah. Uh especially one that's just tape deck sounds. Yeah. So I was like, oh it'd be cool if we could just make it sound like uh you're putting in a tape to listen to this. Hmm.
3: And yeah. I will also uh, piggyback on that statement by saying one of the reasons that I stepped away is so that this show can become what it needs to be in the new scope of of what our podcast lineup is going to become. So, yeah, yeah I've been thinking like, of
0: that. So you have, we'll be making you some have changes, a full blessing. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. It's just getting the time to fucking put the work into it. Yeah. Right. Uh,
3: as uh, as everybody
2: is discovering, doing podcasts is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And behind the scenes, uh, though. we've had our recording go down a couple times, so that's... Yeah, uh, so
2: I've dealt with this, like, when I had to splice together five different... Uh, I remember
3: two. that. Oh, my god!
0: So, yeah, so um, if you're expecting me to cut all the uh, the clicks and such that people make, uh, fuck it.
2: No. <laughs> as long as you get transitions that don't sound like they're completely uh, jumps.
0: Yeah, I think I've been doing bet. pretty good with that.
2: So
0: uh, if you haven't noticed any of that, then I've been doing a good job, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, I could tell, but that's because I've done this for so long. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah you're a weirdo, Phil. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. that's you'll be one too very soon. So. God.
0: Okay. Um. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been fun. Like doing both of these shows. Yeah. Uh, we get to kind of speak our minds, try to find ways for this show, especially to, uh, get more out of people. So hmm. We've been having some shows of late where it's uh, the time frame when we start the show has just been kind of the most uh, the biggest hurdle for everything. Yeah, this you know, will this on. will
3: definitely give you the chance to bring more people in. Yeah. And this might not be um, something that, you know, obviously this is recorded so people are uh, listening to this whenever it goes up. For over five years, we were recording at around noon mountain time to Eastern and yeah. only in the last couple of weeks, actually, since I left the show um, it's moved to um, 6 PM mountain time, eight Eastern, the same, the same time that we record let's weekend on Fridays. Yeah. And so um, if you're noticing that the show's going up a little later in the um in the RSS feed or whatever you happen to subscribe to. That's why. And so that
0: goes up like late Sunday anyway. So it's not really,
3: yeah, it's not a big difference.
0: I would assume most people, if they're subscribing is getting in on Monday. Yeah. Uh, It's not really too much there, but yeah, it's, we're going to make some changes. Nothing too huge. It's not like it's going to be a fucking party show or whatever. (laughs) Uh, but I got some ideas for things because I, sh-
3: uh, I did shit on Let's Weekend. <laughs> yeah, yep.
0: Let's Weekend's fun because there's not anything really too contentious there.
3: Yeah, there's not a, a set subject matter, and we're all drunk, so um, yeah.
0: it's kind of a it's been a fucking week. Let's yeah, it, rant about shit.
3: That that was the original vision for it. It was the Smashpad staff getting together to blow off steam at the end of the week. Accomplished.
0: Yep. We got lots of content for that because <laughs> it's never-ending hellhole there. Uh, and with this, it's you know, there's a lot of shit that goes on, but it also it's also up to the people here and yeah, for yeah, what be more interests us. About,
2: uh, about what you cover and how you yeah. cover it, because
0: mm. you know if we got Leon. You can get him fucking started on some shit. Yeah. <laughs> as evidenced by how long this show is.
3: It's it, it it's good podcasting.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you're that wondering was one of the main this, reasons I wanted
3: him on the Day Zero update. Uh, update when we first started recording it back in 2014. Yeah. So
0: yeah, if you're wondering why this episode's like twice as long as usual, it's pretty what? much all Lee. Uh, so, but yeah, that's uh, it's
3: not a bug; it's a feature.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I'll probably uh, make a fun title for this. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's gonna be fun to they will play around with this. I want to at least get to 300 before I started doing anything. Changes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and we'll probably have you on Phil on Let's Weekend here when we get to like two fifty, I think.
3: Yeah.
0: Whatever that is. Sure.
3: It's probably not or like really whenever you feel time. like stopping by. Yeah. yeah. That'll I mean, be I after the act-
0: election, so we'll be able but to compare I'm notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, that's uh that's kind of been uh it. Uh you still there, Teresa? I'm still here <laughs> all right, you got anything to say about how we've gotten this far?
6: No, just that we've we've always had a good crew, and yeah. you know people cycle in and people cycle out, but it it all comes down to good people,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. and we got some exciting time ahead with the new consoles, yep, first time for this show to kind of have that
3: no, I don't in particular, but yeah, yeah,
0: but we'll have new things. To talk about that aren't just like uh, what's this game yeah. that's coming out? Be like ah, oh, what's it like in the future?
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. And I think that with that, uh, God, this show's too long. <laughs> I have half a mind to just make it two parts.
1: Good idea, yeah. everybody. So, just save as well. me some time. Mm.
0: Yep. Uh, and just put them out as two separate parts, but.
3: Yeah. Three separate recordings. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's not sure where to splice it, but yeah, I guess Craig kind of determined that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it always is. But yeah, Uh, we'll let you guys uh, get to bed uh, and everybody else. uh, You can finally uh, take that break at work because this is taking your (laughs) whole uh, half your half your day. At this point, uh we won't be putting any more episodes out this long, hopefully uh, not unless
3: it was a special occasion,
0: yeah, not unless well, something bad happens. yeah, I don't know uh but yeah, thank you, everybody for tuning in for uh Lee, Brandon, who' have already departed uh for this episode, uh and to Phil uh Patrick and Teresa are still here somehow
3: uh, <laughs> running on fumes,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm your host, Chris Logie. We'll be back next week. Uh, and it won't be this long.
3: Take care, everybody.
1: All right.
0: Welcome to Day Zero Update for September 27th, 2020. I'm your host, Chris Logie.
3: I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Patrick Mifflin.
6: I'm Teresa Sammons.
5: I'm Lee Lamb. Phil. <laughs> He's, he's, still so getting in
4: the, he's, still, he's still getting in the cake.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Somebody get the knife out. We might have to carve him up an escape hatch.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> right, so to make I, it it I forgot now, how to
2: do this whole podcasting thing. <laughs> um,
4: to make it sound more natural, should I say, and I'm Lee Lamb?
5: Or should I just say Lee Lamb? Because it interrupts like, me. Uh, yeah. But
2: yeah, I'm Filippo Adonolfo, and. uh uh, maybe we start over. I don't know. What do you want?
5: No, to we'll put it in post. Actually, no. Let's keep the whole thing in. Let's it's do. Hilarious. Well, let's do it over, and I'll put this at
1: the end.